I've been working on my book, The COVID Deception, and I've been working really hard on it. I'm now on Chapter 8, which I was working on the snake venom portion of this chapter. And since I worked a lot on the previous chapters, I got a little tired by this one. So I hadn't worked on it for a couple days, and I've been trying to get motivated to do it. So I did start doing it today, and so I started with a little bit of uh, history, uh, spiritual connection with what the Bible talks about with the serpent. So I was writing about that and how the medical system came to use the staff and the snake symbol. So there's these two symbols of snake wrapped around a staff. So I went into a little bit of history of spiritual connection from the Bible and why the medical system uses these two different symbols. So the one is called the rod of Asclepius. Asclepius. I have to get this pronunciation because I'm going to mess it up. So rod of Asclepius. 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 So I hope you heard that. And then the other one, the Caduceus of Hermes. Well, I already messed that one up. So let's do that one too. Caduceus. 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 Caduceus of Hermes. All right, so we're past these two words that I can't pronounce. And the difference between the two of them is that one has just one snake around the rod, and Caduceus of Hermes has two snakes around the rod plus the wings of Hermes. So there were both symbols that the pharmaceutical and medical industries use all around the world in one form or another. And then in the Greek mythology, they use this to worship the serpent as a healer. And it was also referred to as the snake because it came back to life. Uh, It possessed immortality in some of these ancient Greek mythology. So Hermes somehow got the staff from Apollo, which in the Bible, Apollo is referred to as a demon um, or one of the fallen angels. And so Hermes like took the staff originally with two white ribbons or something, then ended up having two snakes around it. Uh, and then I guess that meant somehow that he he had power to heal and something to do with immortality. So I didn't go too much into what the Greek mythology is all about and how that came out, but I do know what the Bible has to say about it and how the symbols came into being. So in the book, I talk about the chapter 21 in the book of Numbers where The Israelites were wandering around in the desert. They were tired. 
they were cranky, they wanted real food, they didn't want the manna anymore. So they started complaining to Moses, and then they complained about him and God, that God didn't give them food, and they were tired of, they said their soul loads this worthless manna in uh, Numbers 21, verse 4 through 5. So they said they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was very discouraged because of the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up from Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread or water, and our soul loathes this worthless manna. So they were really not liking the manna when that came from heaven every single day for them. All throughout the 40 years they were wandering. So for that, God sent over the snakes. Um, so he says, you know, he let loose all the serpents and they bit many of them, and many of them died. Um, so then the people that were still living went to Moses and they cried for help, and then they repented. So the key thing here is that they weren't just asking to get healed, but they also said they were, you know, sorry that they did that. They too, truly repented. So they said to Moses, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord, and he will take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And this is Numbers 21, verse 7, uh, in the modern English version that I'm reading. <laughs> so then God told Moses uh, to make a poisonous serpent and put it on the pole, and it will be for everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, will live. Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and if the serpent had bitten any man, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. So this is verse 8 and 9. So that is where all of this started. This whole spiritual war between the serpent and man really started at the Garden of Eden with Eve first disobeying God and then getting banished from the Garden. And that theme seemed to have continued all throughout biblical passage all the way up to the book of Revelation. So even in this time frame when all this was happening in the desert, so the key thing to see here, which I've been writing about, is that because people repented, they only had to look at the staff to get healed. And it was God that was doing the healing, not the serpent. The serpent was there meant to kill them. And so the dead version or the bronze version of an image, basically, that's wrapped around is to remind the people you know, that this was their judgment, but they had to have faith and repent back to God to be healed from what they did wrong. And also, this staff with the snake around it that's like healing the people is a foreshadow of later on with 
Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, he then became, he was also a healer and a redeemer for all people. So having faith in Jesus and repenting, it's what he's offering to save the people. So it's the same analogy. It was Yahweh the God in the Moses time frame that was healing and providing salvation for the Israelites. And then Jesus doing the same thing from the death of the cross. We look to him in faith for our salvation. So that parallel story is like what's happening even now with the how I'm relating it to the COVID vaccines. Same thing, since this war has been going on, uh, and then how God judged the servant, serpent in the book of Genesis after Eve sinned, uh, you know, he said that the there would he would put enmity between uh, Eve and or the serpent and the woman, which would mean the Israelites and the serpent would be at war, and their offspring. So that's all of us basically now always at war with the serpent. So he said he will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. So the serpent is going, you know, we have the power to bruise his head while the serpent has the power to bruise our heel. And that's that, you know, spiritual warfare that's still going on. And it's very visible to me at least in this COVID uh, scam that's put upon us with the, you know, the Satan taking control of the whole world and trying to inject his seed into humanity. Um, which a lot of the chapter, I'm going into very detail of scientific things that's happening, along with what Dr. Artis, Brian Artis said, uh, you know, making that connection with the COVID, uh, Cobra Venom, what he thinks is in the vaccines, and, you know, a few of the studies that came out uh, showing that those people who were vaccinated, um, they did studies, and then how they were able to find so many different species of snake venoms in the blood and urine and feces. And so I, you know, I'm trying to put all that together to show that how it's all connected. And I believe uh, Dr. Artis 100% that he's right on and he's kind of our modern day hero to make that connection early on even, months ago, where he's the only one who's really been speaking about the venom thing, being in the shots. And he's done an update recently too that it's not just even a couple of snakes, it's actually a whole bunch of snakes and deadly snails that he found, you know, the studies that where they were able to discover that. So I don't know why they would need to use so many different versions of it 
the connections that you know I'm making scientifically that the reason why they were doing it was possibly because it would bypass the immune system. So along with what they did to change the shape of one of the enzymes, um, uracil, they changed it to a pseudo-uracil version where they basically rotated that 180 degrees. So I go into it in depth of that process of what these two scientists did to discover and be able to use the modified mRNA technology to insert the code and then bypass the immune system. Because without doing that, it was high inflammation and all the animals were dying. So they had, once they did that, they were able to trick the body to accept the code, which is highly dangerous. And I go a lot into the book about all of that and showing various articles and even what they're saying, that how dangerous it is. But then, you know, I couldn't really figure out why they needed to use the cobra venom if they already had figured out how to bypass the immune system. And, you know, especially finding a lot of that with the people that die from it, you know, the few studies, like they had so much of this coursing through their veins. And then, you know, in one of the interviews, the first one, the doctor artist said that they used it to slice open the DNA so the mRNA modified version could go into it to transcribe what it was doing, the, the code to produce the spike proteins. At least that's what they tell us. But then he also said that they could use the mRNA of snakes, which that's true. They have been researching on how to do that. And so I cite a lot of these articles. So if they're using the snake mRNA and in, you know inserting that with whatever spike protein, if they did any of that at all, uh, the reason why they would use the snake venom because it makes the mRNA more durable and long-lasting. Because mRNA is very fragile in your natural cells uh, it would get used, it would be produced through the DNA, from your DNA nuclei. It would get produced the instructions for the mRNA from the DNA. And if it's outside the DNA, it treats it as a virus and foreign that it wants to destroy. So it wants to produce it from your DNA, make some sort of copy of whatever it wants to do, and then once it gets transcribed, then the mRNA uh, just self-destructs so it's very short temporary activity part of the machinery DNA machinery so I know they have said well it doesn't change your DNA it's just mRNA well in part that's true it's not changing the nucleus of your DNA but the DNA and the mRNA work together so it's one cellular machine and it's designed to work together. So when you monkey around with half of it, you know, you're essentially are 
changing your DNA and the machinery itself. And the extra leftover proteins, they're just floating around. And so it's a possibility that it also adds to your chromosomes as extra chromosomes. So it does change your DNA. But aside from that, what Dr. Artis was saying that the venom was used to help splice open the DNA so the mRNA could be inserted into the DNA to do whatever it's going to do. And then what it produces potentially are snake mRNA proteins, not just spike proteins, if at all what they told us is true, that it's producing spike protein. It may not even be doing that. Maybe that was never even part of it. Like they totally made up the SARS-CoV-2 bullshit. And the what I also noticed is these lipid nanoparticles used to put the mRNA stuff into the envelope, the casing, also looks very, very similar to coronavirus pictures, the images that they've been putting out. The spear with the spiky things, well, that's what the lipid particle, nanoparticles look like too. And the response to that is flu-like symptoms. So people might be thinking that they are getting this cold or flu or influenza virus or whatever, but in fact... It's just the stuff that they put into you is causing the body to react to it, to try to expel it as if it is attacked by a flu or a virus. When in fact, it's just because they want to use this technology into people inserting something, you know, possibly a mechanism to track and trace people and use their AI system through the 5G technology once they got inserted, this biotech, biochip, then they're able to track everybody. So that could have been the main reason why everybody had to be mandated. The other reason could be that uh, they're trying to genetically change people with this snake mRNA use you're, in effect, producing all these extra snake venom proteins. And since it can last in the body for months, because uh, it's more durable when it's treated with snake venom and it's mRNA, uh, however they treat it scientifically, it makes it last longer and as if, you know, they whenever it gets activated, it's good as, like, the first time. So, it could potentially, as long as it doesn't degrade, because it doesn't degrade as fast as the natural mRNA, and it could be in your body for months and months, even years. So, whenever it gets activated, then it would release that venom, where it'd be like coursing through your veins as one of the articles that Dr. Artis was talking about the University of Arizona 
uh, said that that's what they found in people that was like abnormally high amount of venom like uh, substance in their body and I even found other articles where the NIH is also writing same kind of BS when they did their study to find all these toxins but they are turning this around to say that it's the body that's producing these toxins and not what they put in well the body could be producing it if you put in the instructions to do it but our bodies do not have any resemblance to any snake-like venoms at all unless they got inserted somehow and genetically manipulated there's no way no similarity of having venom that's going to come from our body so these are all lies they've been telling people and I cannot believe that people and scientists are buying this and putting their stuff in the literature which I have cited in the book so it drives me crazy to think they're going to blame people of getting this COVID and the COVID is resulting in producing these venom inside the body that's killing people we don't carry anything genetically remotely similar to that those are all lies but it does tell us now that what they put in is related to the snake mRNAs that is reproducing replicating over and over as its protein and since they took the protein the mRNA from the glands that the snakes have the way they makes the venom not the rest of it but just that more in particular then that's what the mRNAs are producing is like the venom sac basically protein inside the body so when I was watching all of those sudden death videos and I've seen almost all of them now you know where people react a certain way when they die right before it happens so everything is normal they conduct all their activities whether dancing singing cooking playing sports working anything they would have done without any problems and they're not suffering from any heart issues or strength issues or anything like that i mean i don't know if you've ever seen sick people where they have a weak heart or a weak any organ that's weaker than normal they don't look like everything is a-okay until that second even with like heart attack victims there's like a little period of time where because they did the damage you know slowly and where their heart is like it's not going to be pumping as much blood if it's damaged so you feel it it's not like you're going to feel healthy a-okay and then plop over so that's what bothered me the whole time that it's not uh, heart inflammation or the muscle inflammation of the heart myocarditis and pericarditis 
it wasn't like that's what they're saying but it, it just didn't gel with me because those injuries take time and the person would feel it I've been sick a lot in my life so I know exactly how much pain there is when you're sick and these people who just plopped over they didn't look like they were in pain before that they didn't look like they had any you know suffering going on because they had damaged organs they looked normal they were doing their thing and then suddenly something happened where it looked like the venom was released let's just say the venom was released 15 minutes before that happened one of the attributes of venom is that it deadens the nerve so you don't feel pain and so they wouldn't really know that you know the venom is now coursing through their veins and it attacks the central nervous system the cobra venom is a neurotoxin so that one acts as a central nervous system that affects your brain instantaneously and basically you get this paralyzing twitching effect right before you croak over all the other snake venoms and snail venoms there are poisons like that would course through the bloodstream and wherever it localized that's where you're going to feel the poison so let's say a mrna poison thing if it's not cobra venom if it's the other snakes and it hits somewhere in the elbow well that's where you're going to feel the injury there right away because it's a poison that's going to go through eventually course through your veins and eventually your heart and your lungs and your vein uh, brain and all of that so it'll have like a more poisonous effect and that would be much slower it wouldn't act to kill you instantaneously like the way you see the sudden death so that puts me back to the cobra venom because it's a neurotoxin and that one were if you, and I, you know if you've seen like snake bites an animal or something you know like a rat it does the same thing so it strikes really fast and then the person is like moving around a little bit and then it starts to like paralyze itself and it's twitching and then it just falls over so anyway you know i'm not 100% sure if it's a mixed cocktail of all the venoms that do what it does or just the cobra because they did find a bunch of different venoms but it what it just reminds me of that once this protein is released once the mrna tells it to make this protein and it gets released like it could be dormant for a little while where people are just you know they're fine with the vaccine for a couple months maybe even a couple years and then all of a sudden whatever that mrna that still survived that gets encoded directly into the dna to go tell it to produce this protein then that's when something happens so it's like a ticking time bomb for a lot of these people if they got that chemical cocktail 
if they got the snake mRNA that's somehow replicating in, inside their body. So that any moment, you know, they could just drop dead. So I really wanted to work on this article the most because this is where the climax of the book, I feel like, it's going. And so I'm trying to, you know, do as much research as I can to figure out the connection. I mean, I can clearly see what's happening. And, you know, I've heard what Dr. Artis had said. I could see a couple of articles on what it has to say and how it's all connected. So there's enough of a link, but I still don't have the full puzzle as to why they would do this. Why stick so many different venoms? What was the objective? You know, like I can scientifically, I could buy it if it's just one snake venom where they thought, okay, if they use it, it'll prolong the life of the mRNA and it'll help trick the body to accept it. Let's just give them one benefit of the doubt that, you know, this is what they're doing to try to make the mRNA work. And somehow they figured out the venom does this. But then why use so many different, why use two or three or ten and the snake um, or the ocean's blue snail is super deadly and super toxic. What is the point of doing all of that and then having the body to produce it? I mean, there are other ways to kill people that are less evil than you know putting all the venoms because... Everything else, even without the venom, it was still killing the rats. When they couldn't figure out the mRNA to work without switching out the uracil or one of the enzymes, then that was certainly causing inflammation and death in the rats. And even with that, afterward, it was still causing problems. So there's a reason for what, you know, what they're doing. And I'm just praying to God that he will help me find that somehow to get a sense. I have a pretty good perception and connecting the dots. And sometimes I get these revelations too that I just wake up with. And otherwise my brain forgets everything. I don't really... It's like Swiss cheese. But in between all those Swiss cheese memories, I can figure out stuff pretty well. So I'm hoping that God can help me figure out the answer uh, to help connect the dots fully. Because I'm kind of stuck on this chapter. Otherwise, I've already gotten to like 160 pages of this novel. Uh so I really hope when I'm done that you guys will read it and want to buy it and share it with others because that's the whole point is to give information to everyone to not fall into this trap. But I got a little sidetracked. So the reason why I wanted to do this podcast is 
is after I had finished my uh, chapter for today, the work that I was doing, you know, I'm just trying to relax. I watched some other videos and they had this uh, video on dreams. And this guy um, started talking about his two dreams, which was so interesting that it all relates to this venom stuff. Uh, so I want you guys to listen to what he said. That'll be right after this. And he talks about in his dream, one of them was uh, older, like five, six years ago. And he described the shots as a snake bite. So, you know, how would he know that? And how would he know six years earlier with the, co you know, the snake venom connection of that's happening with, you know, what Dr. Artis said. And this guy, just in his vision, just saw the shots as bites, snake bites. So there's definitely a connection. Um, and that's why I wanted to do this video uh, podcast because uh, somehow, you know, spiritually people had picked that up that this is all related to some nefarious stuff that's inside the vaccines that has to do with the snake bite. Um, so listen to that and uh, hopefully it'll connect somehow and I'm just going to continue to work on this book and I'll let you guys know what's when I finish it and what's next because I keep making these connections that I want to talk about like today anyway thank you for listening but I certainly won't use the other word um, but anyway I prayed at the beginning of this year whether or not I should take the injection and you should know exactly what I'm talking about here and I received a dream. Right? Now listen, it's very, 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 very important that you pray about this, right? Very important. In my dream, I saw that millions of people, millions of people had received the injection, right? Yeah, millions. And in the dream, it's very short and quick. After millions and millions of people had received the injection, I saw the government sitting there with a, with a button, right? And they pressed the button and millions died, all right? That's the dream. Um, I think I'll share this with you as well. Five or six years ago, I shared a dream onto this channel. And in that dream, some of you guys that have been watching this channel for a while may remember this dream. Uh, there were thousands of people queuing up outside of a hospital. Outside of hospitals, I saw it. I remember this dream so clearly. And uh, we were all waiting in line in this queue. And eventually, it was my turn. And in the dream, like, at the time I was like married, my ex-wife was there. <coughs> she was in front of me in the queue. My twin brother was behind me in the queue. Sorry, OCD. And um, when it was my turn, they had an injection. And I thought I was there for a blood test. But they went to inject me with something. And when they went to inject me, it was like this goat mask thing. And the injection was in this goat puppet mask thing. And it had like a bite, like a snake. And it, I saw that it bit people like this, like this injection thing. And it also had a microchip with it, okay, with this injection. In my dream, I was like, no, 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 no. I made up some like excuse to get out of there, basically. But I was very, very upset in the dream because my ex-wife took this, but I managed to talk my brother out of it, okay? So 
if you think about today, this was like five, six years ago that I received this dream. Nobody knew anything about what's going on right now. And there are people queuing by the thousands. They have been this year outside of hospitals to receive an injection. You know what I mean? But what I saw very clearly with this injection was the microchip. A snake bite through a goat puppet. You know? To me, that, that looks like the mark of the beast. You know? Again, you've got to seriously pray about this for yourself. So they could be bringing the mark of the beast in with this. First part of his dream, he said that they were able to push a button and then millions died. So the only reason why I thought that was intriguing is because I actually thought that too. And I mentioned that in one of my earlier podcasts that if they did in fact were able to put in some sort of nanotechnology that can connect with their AI through the internet that and be able to have it controlled then they can release they you know the AI could say well you got to reduce population every year by a certain percentage and they can just push a button that would do the kill shot to eliminate random people around the world let's just say 10% a year and nobody would know if they don't call any attention to any pandemics, this and that, and just let people die naturally. So they could easily program it where they can just kill people at random whenever they feel like it and trying to reduce the population, you know, with incremental increase every year. But I do think God is in control of not going to allow them to do that. Because the book of Revelation is talks about a specific purpose in the beast going against the saints and people choosing their allegiance to worship the beast. So that's why I don't think it's going to be in disguise where they're just going to be allowed to kill people like that. Although, they can certainly try, and I have thought the exact same thing, what this guy has dreamt about, that they could do this uh, using technology, if they in fact inserted something like that, a kill shot, you know, like the poison pill, as they say in business. So perhaps they did something where they can do that. And the other part of the thing that he said at the end that, he thinks this is like the mark of the beast. I don't think it's the mark of the beast because that is tied to worshiping the beast. It has to be a first disclosure of the first beast and then the disclosure of the second beast. And we certainly don't know either one right now. And they do exist at the same time where the second beast sets up the image of the first beast for all to worship. If they don't worship, they get killed. And so there is that component of not just buy and sell, you know, taking the image, his name, or his mark on either right hand or the forehead, but then also it's tied to worship of that first beast, the image of the beast. So I don't see that happening right now, even though... They attempted it to shut down the world and go through their 
QR code and vaccine passport mandates, all of that to trying to segregate those who will join the system and those who won't. But it's already failing right now somewhat. And people are noticing that the vaccine injured and you know deaths from taking the shots. So there is that little bit of a pendulum pushing back the other direction. And I also think that God is going to take that Haman moment where the biblical story of uh, Haman trying to kill off the Jews and having the king decree to have them all killed. But it, you know, uh, in, this is in the book of Esther. And Esther uh, somehow, you know, gets the king to do the reverse, which is to issue a decree against Haman. And then he's the one who ends up being hanged and killed. So that, that could be the moment for us to, to have now be able to see all these treacherous people that came on the scene to come take everything over and destroy everything. There could be the Haman moment for all of them too. So I'm praying for that, that that's what happens. But, you know, don't take the reprieve of this temporary time if, in fact, you know, the pendulum goes the other way for a little bit, don't accept that as a permanent victory because we know what happens in the book of Revelation. We know that there's going to be war against the saints and the mark of the beast will come where all people will be forced to take it and pledge their allegiance to the beast. So there's a lot coming still. And whatever temporary time that we might get where there's a little bit of a pushback, that's fine. And I hope God allows that for us to have a little bit of feel-good moment that the enemy is, you know, bruised at his head like the serpent. You know, where the serpent can come and bite the heel but then we have the power to stomp on the serpent. And I'm hoping to see that at least in my lifetime, before the real tribulation begins. Uh, thank you for listening.